Welcome to the Simple Church Podcast. We'd like to thank you for taking a few moments out of your day to listen to what God is doing here in Reynoldsburg, Ohio. We hope today's message will be encouraging and uplifting to you. To learn more about Simple Church, maybe you'd like to be our guest for a service, please visit our website at www.simplechurchohio.com. There you'll find more information about us, location, service times, and even online giving opportunities. And now, here's today's message. Well, good morning, everybody. My name is Aaron. I'm the lead pastor. Welcome to Simple Church this morning. We're so glad that you're here with us and that uh, you, you've been worshiping with us and enjoying the service. Hope you've been enjoying it so far. Uh, today is Mother's Day, so what I would love to do is embarrass the moms. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to do that. But I am going to ask. I would love to have all of our moms that are here in this room, whether your kids are grown or here with you today, I would love for all the moms to stand up so that we can acknowledge you. So go ahead, stand up. That's okay. Don't be shy. All the moms in the room. Let's everybody give them a big round of applause. You guys are the unsung heroes. Always. Thank you so much. Now, moms, you can have a seat. That's fine. Moms only, okay? All right. Moms only. We have a special treat for you today. Uh, we have... Um, uh, this has become an annual thing, and this is two years in a row we've been able to do this, which means it has to happen again next year. So uh, we have chocolate-covered strawberries for all of the mothers. On your way out that door right there, there is a table, okay? And somebody should be at that table. Kyle's like, oh, jeez, I need God, don't I get the, don't I get the chocolate? <laughs> yeah, nope. No, mom's only today. You get a plate of chocolate-covered strawberries. Those are yours to take with you, and how you share them is entirely up to you, okay? There you go, Kyle. That's your loophole. All right. You know, Mother's Day is a, is a fun day, and I just have to say this before we jump into what we're doing. We've got a special message today called A Mother's Legacy Today, and we're just going to be talking right to moms, and don't worry, moms. I'll talk to the dads on Father's Day, too. But today, I'm talking just to the moms. And, uh, but it was really funny. Yesterday, uh, we were here. We were doing setup, and uh, Mindy and Doug came in, and, they, and, uh, and uh, Dee, their daughter, had already given, I'm, I'm assuming already given the, the Mother's Day card or had presented her with a Mother's Day note. And uh, let me just tell you, I wish I had wrote it, but I didn't. It ended. It was very sweet. And it said, but Mom, I just want to let you know what happens on Mother's Day stays on Mother's Day. So I thought, she is like this big. How does she have so much comedy in that little... I don't even know if she knows how funny she was, but anyway. Well, last weekend we had our our, uh, Simple Church Shindig. How many of you guys came to that? You enjoyed that? Just so you know, we had about 130 people show up. Yeah, that's right. It was awesome. It was a good time. Good celebration. And uh, when we came out, I think there was cake. There might have been a little bit. There might have been a little bit. In fact, I, I love this week because there was this residual cake, actually, this week. What happened is somebody promised me a Cool Whip icing kind of thing. And they purchased the Cool Whip icing kind of cake, but it was faux Cool Whip icing kind of cake. It was fake. I don't know how you do that, but it was wrong. We bit into it, and we were like, this is not right. They went back to the bakery. The bakery said, we're sorry. And they gave them a whole bunch of, of cupcakes today that are here. Uh, and I don't know where, where Chris is the one that has them. But they are here, and they are available somewhere, but they are Cool Whip covered icing cupcakes. So, Kyle, you can enjoy those, okay? But I love the residual from it, so it's wonderful. So they're here somewhere. Find them. Go find them. Sniff them out. They're here. <laughs> or follow Kyle. He'll probably find them first. All right. 
So this morning, uh, we are, like I said, we are going to talk about a mother's legacy, and, uh, and in order to do that, you know, I, I, I probably need a box of tissues. My mom is here today, and, and you know, I'm bragging on her a little bit, and, and on all of you today, but, uh, but today we're going we're gonna to go, and we're going to talk about a mom that is not very well known. In fact, we're going to talk about Moses' mom. Now, it's funny, everybody knows who Moses is, right? Moses is mentioned uh, 800 times or more in the Bible. We're familiar with his story, this you know, he was played in, in an epic movie of the Ten Commandments, and Charlton Heston is there. We know who Moses is, right? We know about the parting of the Red Sea. We know his story. If you've seen the movie The Prince of Egypt, his life has been put up in mainstream media. So even if you are not a Christian, you have more than likely heard of Moses. Uh, but here's a pop quiz for you. What was Moses' mother's name? Don't you answer. What was mother's? I already pop quizzed her. She knows the answer. What was her name? Does anybody know? I would say this is very common to moms, right? We know who the kids are, but we don't know who the mom is. She's the unsung hero. Her name is only mentioned a couple times in Scripture. Did you say Marvin? Martha. Martha. It's not Martha. That's a good guess. Good guess. Her name is actually Jochebed. Now, if you look it up and you want to do the actual pronunciation, today I'm going to call her Jochebed, but the actual pronunciation, the Hebrew pronunciation would have been Yochebed. Okay? And it sounds like you're like coughing something out, and so I don't want to do that the whole time. Did I say that right, Grandma? Yochebed. All right. So it's a, it's a Y sound like phlegm, like Yochebed. All right. So, but I'm going to call her Jochebed just for the lay people out here so that you can repeat it. What did you talk about today? Some lady's name that I can't pronounce. It's, it's Jochebed. All right. So for today. But so that's her name, and, and um, most people would have a hard time answering that question. She's, but she is a mom who left an incredible legacy. Not only did she leave us with Moses, but, but Jochebed also gave us Aaron. Aaron was Moses' brother, his older brother, and he was the very first high priest. He is one of the ones who held Moses' arms up in battle. He was there. This, is the, this, is, this guy was a leader. Not only does she have Moses, not only does she have Aaron, but she leaves us a legacy in her daughter as well. Her daughter's name was Miriam. Miriam was one of the very first worship leaders that we ever see in the Bible. She led with the tambourine when they came across the Red Sea and they worshiped together at Miriam's lead. So here's a mom who has left us this incredible legacy that we get to see in the Bible. And so I want to I talk a little bit about her and about how she did that specifically and how she did that intentionally, right? And so... Uh, let's, let's take a look into that. And there are three different qualities of a mother who will leave a legacy like Jochebed left, right? The very first thing is that she was a positive encourager. Now, today we're going to jump into the Bible. If you need a Bible, if you don't own a Bible and would need a Bible, let us give you one. If you would just put your hand in the air, my service hosts have Bibles. They will give you one and bless you with one. But the verses will also be up here on the screen. In fact, when the verse goes up here in a minute, Will, can you leave it up there? Okay, thanks. Um, until I call for the next one, all right? So if you need a Bible, we'll give you one of those, but we're going to be in Exodus 2, 2. So if you're following along at home uh, or in the audience today, because we do podcasts, by the way, you should listen to those, subscribe, tell your friends about them, post them on your Facebook. Thank you. That was my plug. All right. <laughs> Every Sunday they are posted, and then you can grab them and just click share, okay, as well as listen to them throughout the week. They'll be a blessing to you. So here we go. Exodus 2, 2. Uh, this is talking about Jochebed. And she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. When she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him for three months. Now, I want you to look at that verse. She saw that he was a fine child, right? Now, in my mind, I hear like, oh, you fine. That's what I hear, right? <laughs> now, now that's, that's me translating into my, my, my modern day 
slang or whatever, but she saw something, all the same, she saw something in her son that she acknowledged. She saw there was something different about him, and she acknowledged that, right? She valued it. Now, every mom believes that their child is most, the most special and the most beautiful child in the whole world, and that is correct. That's the way it should be. But one of the ways a mother leaves a legacy is by vocalizing that to her children, to be a positive encourager, to let them know what you see in them, right? Your children need to know how you feel about them and to hear it out loud, not just to know that you think that way. It's not good enough to know that you think that way. They need to, they need to hear it, and they need to hear it on a regular basis. So be a positive encourager. What, what does that mean? Well, I'm, I guess I imagine a positive encourager looks like this. If you have ever been to a soccer game with me and my children, okay, I'm, I, I generally coach, and I'm yelling and screaming at the kids on my side, right? But on the other side, there is another person, and it is my wife. And when my wife can't make the games, hi Shanda, when my wife can't make the games, it, it ruins her day. When she can't be there, she has to work because she has something else to go to. She hates it. She, she just, her day is ruined because she doesn't get to be there. She really loves to be at the games. And let me tell you this, the sidelines miss her when she's not there. Because when Shanda's there, not only can you see her, right, jumping up and down, but you can hear her. Josh, you want to turn my volume down a little bit because I'm going to demonstrate, okay? It sounds like, I mean, that's Shanda on the sidelines. And uh, I love you, but it's true. And you know that's true. If you've ever played cards with her, you know it's the same kind of deal, right? That we call, we call her Shanzilla for a reason, okay? And um, we have fun. I love you. I, and I told her I was going to talk about her like this, okay? This is, she's, she was good with it. Well, I don't remember saying she was good with it, but... I told her, so. (laughs) But I would say that's like the perfect example of being a positive encourager, right? Moms are on the sidelines of their children's lives cheering them on, saying, come on, you can do it. I believe in you. All those things that we, all the practice you put in, everything that you've, you, you know, all the hard running that you've done. Like, we're just talking about the soccer field, but in life, everything that you've done, I believe you can do it. I believe in you. And cheering you on as you go, that's mom being a positive encourager. And so, you know, I want to encourage you to do that. Now, mom, that's what your main call is to do. That's the first thing. And to build your children up in the Lord. Now, I want you to notice that I'm using the word positive encourager, right? We say, is there another way? Absolutely. Have you ever been encouraged to do something stupid before? I have been, right? So positive encouragement is being very specific here, okay? Encouraging them in the right direction by use, reinforcing words. To encourage literally means to give someone confidence or hope or instill something in them or give them courage. To encourage is to give them courage. Courage for what? Courage for whatever they've got to face. Courage for whatever they are doing in life. So be a positive encourager to your children, all right? 1 Thessalonians 5.11 says, Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as, in fact, you are doing. Right. So this, this verse is talking to the church, and they're talking about building each other up. Well, how are they doing that? Through encouragement, being a positive encourager. When you speak life into your children, because Proverbs says in 18.21 that the tongue has the power of life and death. And when you are giving a positive encouragement to your children, you are literally building them up. And every kind word, every positive encouragement you give to your kids is building the house that is them. You are building up their character. You are building up who they are and what they are made of every time you encourage them. So moms, it's so important that you are positively encouraging 
encouraging your kid. Leading up to this, I've asked for like the last three or four weeks, and some of you have seen it on my Facebook and have given me the same responses over and over again, which I appreciate. Like, how many times do you want this? But I asked my, my Facebook friends, I said, finish this phrase for me. Mom always used to say, right now for me, mom always used to say, don't tell your dad. Okay. Now, just in my house, it was just easier to not tell dad up front and then to tell dad after the fact, right? Now, that's dad sitting back there, and don't be upset about that. I just got her in so much trouble. But, but it was don't tell your father. I'll tell him. So wait, so if he asks if we did this, do we tell him we didn't? No, 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 that's lying. Don't do that. Just don't tell him we did it, okay? Oh, okay. So don't tell your dad. So I want you to do me a favor. I want you to think of... What did mom always used to say to you, okay? And I want you to take the next 30 seconds. I want you to turn to the people around you and tell them, what did mom always used to say to you? Go for it. You can talk out loud for this part. Go ahead. Some of you are sitting next to your moms and you don't want to say it. (laughs) All right. So, So my Facebook responses were were wide and varied, but some of, the, some of the very typical responses you expect are, mom always said, mind your manners, respect your elders, clean your room, close the door, were you born in a barn, right? You know those ones. Uh, wear clean underwear, um, stop picking at it. Um, <laughs> pretty is as pretty does, Jesus is watching you, right? These are very common remarks or responses or things to, to what did mom always say, right? But... Um, you know, as I read down through there, uh, oh, oh here's, some of my, here's some of my other favorites. Uh, are you ready? I brought you into this world, and I can take you out of it. <laughs> Stay away from that DeLong boy. I don't know what that was all about, but somebody posted that. I don't know. <laughs> don't do as I do. Do as I say. If you don't have anything nice to say, then don't say anything at all. Right? So, you, <laughs> oh. so your kids long to hear encouraging words, but some, some words or some of the responses that were on my wall were kind of sad to me. Because some of them, one of them said, you know, well, mom, mom didn't tell me how much, she only told me she loved me every now and then. It was a qualifier on that. Well, there was one that, that really broke my heart when I read it, and I know who it was, and it said that you'll never amount to anything. Ouch. Oh, and I thought about what a crushing, what a crushing encouragement or, or the, yeah, discouragement, the opposite that was in this young man's life. And I look at his life and I'm like, your mom said that about you? Like, I know, and I, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to take this a negative way, but let me, let me just say this for just a second. Let me be a pastor for a second. If you are here today and you're hurt because you didn't receive positive encouragement from your mom, today's a very difficult day for you then. Today's a day that, that you resent. Now, if you've got children, maybe you take joy in that, but you, when you look ahead of you, you look to your mom and you think about celebrating her. You're like, there's not much to celebrate there. And you're hurt by that. Let me just encourage you from my own personal testimony. If you were here last week, that's the forgiveness stuff we're talking about. We are called to forgive. And I'm, I'm sorry that you weren't built up growing up. But you have to forgive and release that hurt today. And don't give up. You're going to become a mom someday if you're not one already. And you're going to find it difficult because you didn't have that example to be a positive encourager in your children's lives. But you need to be that. And you need to be that intentionally so. You need to shift gears, whether you had that example or not. So if you've been hurt, let's not look past.
go forward. Okay? Some of the encouraging words that were, that were on there, so outside of the funny ones that were there and the hurtful ones that I saw on my Facebook page, but some, of the, some of the encouraging ones were, you're going to be a great dad, or you're going to be a great husband someday, or God is going to do something great in you and through your life, or nothing you can ever do can change my love for you. Those are positive encouragements that kids need to hear. They need to know that and they need to be built up in that way. And what Jochebed saw in Moses, she didn't keep to herself. She saw that he was fine. Whatever that meant to her or whatever that meant in the context of that scripture, Moses knew how his mama felt. Do you know how I know? Now, this is all extra biblical. Like, uh, this is just my assumption. Remember, you have to read your Bible, okay? But, but do you know who wrote Exodus? Moses. That means he knew what his mama said about him. His mama said he was fine, and he with, with confidence said, my mama says I'm fine. I'm fine. That's what I am. I'm fine. Chest puffed out. Moses, writing the book of Exodus. Now, again, <clears throat> when I, well, I have to tell you this. When I, when I met my, my, my wife, you know, Kasiah uh, was one when I met her. And the perfect example of children knowing what you say about them and how important it is. When I met Kasaya, Kasaya is beautiful. She is. I really wish I had something to do with that, but I didn't. She is beautiful. <laughs> Don't laugh too hard over there. I dress her up nice. Yeah, I dress her up nice. Anyway, she's beautiful. And I met her, and as a one-year-old, you would say to Kasaya, well, you are beautiful. And she would look back at you and with a straight face and say, yes. <laughs> now, now, that's a child with confidence that she was beautiful, even as a one-year-old. Why? Because mom had told her that. Grandma had told her that. And every human being I've ever known that has met my daughter has said, you are beautiful. Because she is. She is. Her name is fitting. It's Kasiah. It's from Job. And there was no woman in the land that was more beautiful than Job's daughter, Kasiah. That just kind of happened. It was wonderful. Good job, babe. <clears throat> doesn't help her ego any, right? My name means that, and I am that. Oh, anyway. But Moses was just like my daughter, Kasiah. He knew how mom felt about him. We have to, we have to assume that, because he wrote that, right? Second point. So, so moms who leave a godly legacy are positive encouragers. The second thing Jochebed was, she was an intentional discipler. What does that mean? Well, we know that disciplers are people who follow Jesus, right? They're asking two questions always. Now, Jesus did not come along at this time. This is Old Testament, but she was a God follower, which at that point in time, that's all that matters. And her faith in God is what count, was counted to her for righteousness. We see that in Hebrews 11. She's accounted among the fathers of faith, okay? So, so we know that. But, but um, uh, Moses was born in a really bad time. It was a bad time to be a Hebrew at the time because they're living in Egypt, right? And the Pharaoh had increased the, uh, the workload. He had ordered that all male babies are killed. So this is a bad time to be born a boy. And Moses is born. And his mom sees something in him. And in Exodus 2, 2, it says, And she became pregnant and gave birth to a son. And when she saw that he was a fine child, she hid him for three months. Now, I don't know if you've ever had an infant in your hands. But keeping an infant silent for three months would be an impossible task because the guards were looking for the babies. If they came through your neighborhood and your child was screaming or crying, whatever it needed, you know babies just cry for no reason sometimes, right? They need you to do that shh, 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 shh thing until you can't do that shh, shh, 
thing anymore. They need you to do that. And Jochebed was intentional. She hid him for three months. Can you imagine your process, your daily process of what you would have to do to hide a child for three months? Think about that for a moment. Let that sink in. So you can't read your Bible. You have to, you have to read your Bible and think, what, is, what, is, what would that have looked like? How would I have done that? I don't even know how I would have done that. I would have lost my ever-loving mind. That's what I would have done. But God didn't give me Moses. Okay, Smarter than that. But it took a lot of courage to be a mom in a culture like this and to do what she did. To do it was courageous, not just because she was trying to keep her child safe, but to do it to be, and, and being courageous was if she got caught, not only would her child have died, but she and her entire family would have possibly been killed for hiding the child. She was courageous. She was intentional, right? Look at, the, look at verse 3. It says, But when she could hide him no longer, she got a papyrus basket for him and coated it with tar and pitch. Then she placed the child in it and put it among the reeds along the bank of the Nile. His sister, Miriam, stood at a distance to see what would happen to him. Then Pharaoh's daughter went down to the Nile. So this basket's just floating down the Nile. Then Pharaoh's daughter went down to the Nile to bathe, and her attendants were walking along the riverbank. She saw the basket among the reeds and sent her female slave to get it. She opened it and saw the baby. He was crying, and she felt sorry for him. This is one of the Hebrew babies, she said. Then his sister, this is Miriam, she was watching. She was nearby when the baby was found. Then his sister asked Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go get one of the Hebrew women to nurse the baby for you? Yes, go, she answers. So the girl went and got the baby's mom. Now look at this weird series of events here. Jochebed had faith. She was a God follower. And she was following God when she put the child, when she saved the child for three months. She's being intentional in the way that she follows Christ, or follows God. And so she puts the child in the Nile, sends her sister after it. Sister says, hey, happens to be at the right spot. Happens to be. There's no happens to be. That was intentional. Sister's following, watching. Do you want me to go find somebody for you? Here, this is Jochebed. Uh, she just happened to be down the street, and uh, her memories are ready and primed to go for children. <laughs> did I use the right word, babe? I did, okay. <laughs> so, so mom, following God, gets blessed through that. Hey, were you okay over there, Jen? You good? She's great. All right. And so Moses is now being raised by who? His mom. His mom, the God follower. And through that time, she realizes she has limited time because the Pharaoh's daughter has now taken him. But she gets to raise him. She gets to, to feed him and care for him. And her time is limited. And so she's intentional with that time to raise him up to know who God is. Because Moses knew who God was. Moses knew the relationship. Even though he was raised in the palace, he knew. He was raised among so many gods of the, the Egyptians, and yet he knew who the one true God was. Maybe he never encountered him, but he knew who he was because Jochebed was intentional. Intentional about that. You know, and I think, I think back to my, my, my life and, uh, and my mom, and I don't mean to embarrass her, but my mom was intentional in discipling me and leading me to the Lord and following Christ. She was intentional, and, and she would, she, we had the, the Bible at home, but we also had Bible stories that I could read as a kid, and she would read to me. She would have us, have us memorize Scripture verses. She would have us memorize the Ten Commandments. There were times we had to say them before we could get up from dinner, right? We had to say them. She was intentional about 
getting the word of God sown in my heart as a kid. You know, we joke about me having a drug problem as a kid where mom drug me to church on Sunday morning, drug me to church on Sunday night, drug me to church on Wednesday, Friday, Saturday. We were there a lot. Mom drug me to church. She made sure I was there. She made sure that I was in a church where there were Sunday school teachers who would teach me the books of the Bible and who would encourage me to memorize my scripture verses at home so I could get the little gold stars when I went to Sunday school and do sword drills. If you don't know enough about sword drills, let me tell you something. That is sticking your Bible straight up and somebody says a verse and you flap that thing open and you go through and bam! First person to stand up with the verse wins the star or the candy or whatever it was. My mom was intentional. That's what I'm trying to say. She connected me with Christ. I went to a Christian school. And let me tell you about the sacrifices that are required to go to a Christian school. That's not, now I know it's not free to go to public school. We pay it with our taxes. But to go to Christian school and still have to pay the taxes was double. My parents worked hard. And they saved their money. They were intentional. Made many sacrifices for me. That's my mom. Slap her a high five today. Because I am who I am because my mom was intentional. Did I walk away? Yeah. Is that her fault? No. But my mom was intentional. And let me just say this, that being intentional about discipling your children to follow Christ will take time. It will take energy. It will take love. And it will take belief. And you will have to do it a lot. You will have to redirect their hearts often. I'm excited in a couple weeks we start a new series called Love, Marriage, Baby Carriage. And we're going to talk about dating and love and marriage and children. So we'll we'll get to raising children. Everybody excited about that. But it will be reinforcing God's truth all throughout their lives as you continue to show them themselves in relationship to God, in relationship to others, in relationship to themselves. When you're raising your kids or when you're being intentional about discipling them, You must keep the end, the end result in mind, right? It said this way, this is a quote. Keep the end in mind when when you consider how you raise your children. What is is the end result that you want for your kids? Well, man's chief end is to glorify God and enjoy him forever. The way you disciple them must be towards that end, right? So I want you to see something. Look at at Deuteronomy 6, 6 through 9. These commandments that I give to you today are to be on your hearts. Impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road. When you lie down, when you get up. Tie them as a symbol on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. It seems excessive, but this is also very intentional, isn't it? It's taking the word of God and putting it places so that everyone in your home can see it. You know, Shanda's got verses on little post-it notes in the bathroom and We have them around the house, and she's intentional about that. And Moses is saying the same thing. Moses is the one who wrote these words. Moses more than likely had an example of this in Jacobet. To direct him to do this, or to have this as a a directive for people, was probably something he saw mirrored in his own home. And current culture says that we have to be moving about, right? Going here and going there. And our kids need to be in gymnastics. We need to be at this event. We have to be in this sporting event. We have to go to the school events. We have to do this. We have to do that. We have to be constantly moving. And this constant movement that the current culture says we have to be in, parents, does one thing really well. It distracts us from being able to be intentional about the things that are important. Oh, you're doing lots of things. Your kids are gaining lots of experiences. But we are distracted from our technology to the events that we go to, from our TV shows. We are distracted 
And so the call is to be moms, be intentional disciplers, right? And you don't have to be this way, this way. We can be free. We don't have to be busy all the time. Moms, protect your family time with intensity and tenacity. It's easy to do when they're younger, right? But when you get older, it's, it's the friends, the phone, dates. It's, it's a lot more difficult. Technology is way different than when I was a kid, right? When I was a kid, we didn't have iPads. We didn't have the interwebs or the internet or whatever you want to call it, the World Wide Web. We didn't have all that. Not until I was a little older. We had an Atari. We eventually got a Nintendo. But once you beat that game, that was it. You know, you couldn't hold off in your room. You had to, had to, had to come out. <laughs> but now there's a whole world to explore at your fingertips. It's an iPad. Your kids can disappear. Don't let them. Don't let them. Say, are you, are you giving me a rule? No. I'm trying to connect you with your kids so that you can be intentional about discipling them and training them up. You can let them disappear into those devices. You can let them disappear into that world, and that world will train them, not you. One of the greatest in, intentional discipling verses that we ever see is in 2 Timothy 1.5, and this is Paul acknowledging this, right? And it says, I am reminded of your sincere faith. He's talking to Timothy, Paul to Timothy, one of his disciples. I'm reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois, and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded, now lives in you also. Listen to how he describes the faith of the grandmother and the mother. He calls it a sincere faith. Let's break it down for just a second. Sincere, what does that mean? It's transparent. It's, it's real. It's not this lofty goal that people can't obtain. It, it, it's, it's this real, raw, you, you won't always get it right kind of thing that you aren't perfect kind of thing. Because when you fail, you seek your kids' forgiveness. You are able to be real with them. You are able to be sincere. Like, I made a mistake. Forgive me. That's sincerity, right? Teach your children, and teaching your children to turn to God in times of weakness. You know, the world wants to tell us that everything is awesome, right? Everything is not always awesome. Let's just be honest about that. That's sincerity. And then it says the word lived in, that this sincere kind of faith, this real kind of faith, lived in them and now lives in him. This was a faith that was alive. It was a faith that was put into action. In James it says that faith without works is dead. In other words, that if you actually believe something, you would be acting different, right? And so it says that this kind of faith lived in them and your, need, your kids need to see this kind of faith. A faith that causes you to obey to the word of God. I've heard it said, don't worry that your children don't ever listen to you. Worry that they're always watching you. Isn't that a truth? It's a sobering one, isn't it? Don't do as I, as I do, do as I say. That doesn't work. They will always do as you do. They'll always do as you do. So be a positive encourager and be an intentional discipler, moms. And the last thing that, that Jacobed did well, she was... She herself was a faithful follower. In Hebrews 11.23, I've already mentioned this, but the verse says, By faith Moses' parents hid him for three months after he was born, because they saw he was no ordinary child, and they were not afraid of the king's edict. Now Hebrews 11, here's what you need to know about Hebrews 11. This talks about all the men and women of faith that were from the Old Testament all the way up through. The great faith. And it mentions Moses' parents, that's Jacobed. 
mentions her again because of her great faith. She was a faithful follower. And so it's not just good enough to encourage them. It's not just good enough to to be intentional about discipling them, but you must do the things that you are telling your children to do. You must be a faithful follower. And and Jacobet's children became who they did because they had a mother who was more committed to God than she was to them. They saw that and they lived that. And that was her legacy. You know, as I close today, I I want to say, moms, you know, we're saying that if you creatively, lovingly, and winsomely raise your kids to know the Lord, that you're a hero. You're in God's hall of fame. Simply put, a mother's legacy is defined by her children. And Jochebed's children became who they were because they had a mother who was more committed to God than she was to them. Moms, be certain of this. You will leave a legacy behind. What kind of legacy do you want to leave in your children? Because each day you are helping to write that legacy. Each day you are helping to create it. And some of you are sitting there saying, you know, I've done all these things, right? Like I've, I've been intentional. I've I encouraged my kids. Maybe your kids are grown. Maybe you, you yourself have been a faithful follower. And you say, but my children have still walked away. And they've broken my heart. That's okay. Do you know who knows what that feels like? The ultimate parent in the world? Our Heavenly Father? He's created so much for us and blessed us in so many ways. That we, and yet we still turn away from him. It's okay. You need to forgive. You need to love. God, who's done it all right, still has people turn from him. So you can still do everything right and raise your kids this way and they can still turn. But that doesn't mean that you shouldn't do it. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't be faithful. You know, I, I talk about my mom and I, and I, and I just want to brag on her a little more today. Someday when you're a pastor or you have a congregation, you can do the same. And I'll do it next service, even when she's not here. But my mom lived out these qualities well. She encouraged me. There's not a thing, you can ask my wife, there is not a thing that I don't believe I can do. There's some things I don't want to do. But she says, she'll tell people, when he gets a hankering for something, he's doing it. It doesn't matter what's standing in his way, he's going. I'm going. I had a mom who believed in me. A mom who encouraged me. My mom was also a discipler. She put me in all these wonderful places and made sure that I had the word of God flowing into my heart. She loved me when I walked away. She loved me now that I'm following Christ again. And I had a mom who was obedient and follows Christ herself. You know, it says in, in 3 John 4, it says, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in the truth. Hmm. You know, I look forward to the day my children are still young and, and while they, they can quote verses to me and they, they, they are struggling through, their, through understanding who they are in, in God as we, as we lead them through that, I look forward to the day that I can have that joy that on their own my children are coming home and saying, I was presented with this situation and I, I follow Jesus today. There's no greater joy than that. I have no greater joy than when you guys come to me and say there was a moment of opportunity and I, and I obeyed. And God blessed me in this way and changed somebody's life. I love hearing those stories. There's no greater joy. And your children, moms, they will be more likely to take that path when your journey is spirit-led and governed by God-honoring decisions. That doesn't mean you won't make some mistakes along the way. 
doesn't mean that you won't take make some uh, some detours, but God is big enough to make those things right and to correct some of our mistakes and redeem our efforts. Let me just say this one last thing to you and then we'll close. When it comes to your parenting moms, God is much more concerned with your direction than he is your perfection. And he specializes in rebuilding, restoring, and redeeming. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for such a beautiful day to spend with our moms. You know, even if it's yucky outside, the day is beautiful itself. The day for turning our attention towards those who have been intentional at loving us and, and, and discipling us somewhere along the way. Or even if we didn't have that mom who was in our life to encourage us, Lord, the opportunity to, to grow and forgive. But Lord, this day is beautiful no matter what the circumstance. Because if we have the opportunity to forgive and to restore, that's beautiful. If we have the opportunity to celebrate our moms who were positive encouragers, intentional disciples and followers of Christ, that's beautiful. Lord, if our moms are no longer with us, it's still a day that we can celebrate their memory. So Lord, I pray as we take this word, as we consider what it takes to leave a legacy as a mom, Lord, I pray for our mothers that their hands would be strengthened, their hearts would be filled with joy, that their minds would be filled with peace. Lord, that they, they could be intentional, that they could clear away the distractions, to be intentional about leading their children to you and being disciples. That they would remember to say the kind words and the encouraging words that need to be said because their children need to hear it. Remind them, Holy Spirit. And call them to obedience so that they may be faithful followers. And be wonderful examples for their children. That no matter which way they go, they, they will see that there's an example that was set for them. And I pray for everyone in this room that you would just bless them, Lord. Let, help us to celebrate this day, Lord, and be with us this week. You know, if you're here today, and I, I want to give you, a, obviously, an opportunity. If you don't know who Jesus is, or you've never said yes to him in your life, and you want to connect, and say, Jesus, be Lord of my life. You have that opportunity. I'm going to count to three. And you can raise your hand. We'll pray with you. And your life will be forever changed from this moment on. I'm going to count now. When I say three, shoot your hand up. One, two, three. It's awesome. We're going to pray together, and I would love for everybody to pray these words out loud. Even if you don't yet believe them, that's okay with me. You can practice for the day that you do. So here we go. Pray out loud with me. Jesus, I believe that you're the Son of God. I believe that you died for my sins and rose from the dead so that I could live for you. Show me how to do that, Jesus. To live for you. And I'll spend every day doing just that. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. If you prayed that prayer for the first time or the hundredth time, I would love to connect with you. Love to talk to you about what your next steps are. We also have a booklet that we'd love to give you. It's called Now What? What do I do now? And we have those available at the Connect Center out here. Or when you're on your way out today, you can shake my hand. Let me know and we'll grab you one of those. This is an exciting beginning for you.